Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Nerd Shit. Yeah. We have a very exciting show for you guys today. We're going to be talking about Justice League, the theatrical cut, aka the Whedon cut, aka the Frankenstein cut, aka not the Snyder cut. The Snyder cut's coming out. Decidedly not the Snyder cut, but we'll, we'll get into all that. I'm Sam Wilson. I'm joined as always by Zach Schneider. And we have a very special guest. Sarah Needleman. How are you doing today, Sarah? I'm good. I'm quite good. I'm very happy. I'm in the next part of the vaccine rollout since I'm fat, so I'm finally... It's coming in clutch. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> Listen, whatever like excuse you can have to be the next one on the vaccine rollout... Exactly. <laughs> My dad's actually happy today because they lowered the age uh, to get a vaccine to 55, which puts him right in the yeah. older range because he's 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 59, I, be- I believe. So he yeah. wasn't previously old nice, enough to get nice it, but nice. now he is. So, All right. So pre-show topics. WandaVision. We've been talking about it, you know, occasionally on the pre-show of this of this show. And it's it's out. It's done. WandaVision's finished. We're still not going to get into spoilers here yet. In a couple of weeks, we're going to go ahead and do a full episode on WandaVision. Zach and I, I know since we've seen the show, we're going to go ahead and just do a brief non-spoiler review. And then Sarah, you can come in with whatever thoughts you have based on what what you've seen. But uh, I have some premium thoughts on the memes. There are definitely some premium memes. I agree with that. Oh, yeah. Well, apart from the choice memes, which are, like, very juicy, there's, there's some great ones out there. I actually love the series. For my taste, the ending is a little abrupt, didn't quite cover as much in the epilogue as I would have liked, but um, overall, I think the series is really interesting. It is, it's trying something very different, especially for Marvel. You know, a little more experimental in what type of show they wanted to be. Um, what type of story they wanted to tell. It is just a really interesting, intimate, character-driven show, which is exactly what I love. I love that. I eat that shit up for breakfast. I've heard what, what you mentioned about the ending, that you felt it was abrupt. I've heard people say that. I don't know. I'll get more into this when we get into the review. I didn't feel that at all. I'll, I'll just say that. Okay. I, I felt that they completely took their time and wrapped everything up in, in to me, a very satisfying way. Like, I know some people were underwhelmed with the last episode. I loved the last episode. I thought it was a great episode, and I thought they totally took their time and wrapped everything up, in my opinion. I already was a big fan of both Wanda and Vision, coming in from their involvement in the MCU. Like, I, I, I'm i one of the weird people that I'm a massive fan of the, of the movie Avengers Age of Ultron, and I loved all the tie-ins to that specific movie that were in this show. There were a lot of great surprises, a lot of returning characters who... You wouldn't expect to show up on this show, but who had a lot to do and were actually great characters on this show. New characters who ended up being great in their own right. And it made me excited for where the MCU was going, not just on the small screen, but on the big screen as well. It really leads into some of the, the, the movies that they have coming up as well. So I'm really excited for this uh, this kind of new era of MCU, of the movies and the TV series actually being intertwined and actually crossing Mm. over because you know theoretically agents of shield is in the mcu but might as well not be same is true for the netflix uh series like in the beginning it always feels like oh this is totally part of the mcu 
And then it kind of isn't. Like, it is in the beginning, but then the further along those shows go, they, they don't really cross over at all. Sarah, how much uh, how much MCU have, have you seen? I know you haven't watched WandaVision yet, but have you have you watched the Marvel movies in general? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen uh, every MCU movie. I had not watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I honestly forgot it existed until you mentioned it just now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I like the show a lot. It just, it just you know, doesn't really tie yeah. into the movies all that much. I want to I want to finish out. Agents yeah, I did watch the Netflix series, uh, like Daredevil and uh, Luke Cage and those, and I, I like those, more or less. More or less is right. Those, those yeah. shows are inconsistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think Daredevil season one was the best, and then they all just kind of went downhill from there. I agree with that, actually. That's, that's I fair. I totally that's, agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only thing, I, like I said, like I, I, the only thing I know about WandaVision are the memes. Judging based off the memes, I'm giving WandaVision a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Zach and I will uh, reserve, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our ratings in, in suspense until we do our full uh, reviews, but yes, so we have our first rating for WandaVision, Sarah, <laughs> 10 out of 10, based on the memes. Okay, so next up, we have something that actually broke a few weeks ago, or like a couple weeks ago, but for some reason, we just forgot to talk about on the pre-show, but it is actually a fairly major piece of news. They just announced that they're actually going to reboot the Superman movies with J.J. Abrams as a producer. And it's unclear as far as whether this is a hard reboot or whether it is going to be in continuity or is Henry Cavill coming back? We don't actually know if Cavill's coming back or if this is just kind of a thing of... It's like a new beginning for the character, maybe. Or maybe it is just a hard reboot of we're just starting from square one again. We don't really know. And J.J. Abrams is the producer. So, J.J. Abrams, otherwise known as the uh, reboot master, since he just reboots yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I do love Henry Cavill's version of Superman. Not just, you know, Henry Cavill's portrayal, although I do love that too. But um, also, generally, I just really like the universe, the ideas that have been set up in those films. I'm in... Man of Steel in Batman v Superman surrounding this character. Yeah, I'll have to see what kind of reboot they're planning, whether or not it's a hard reboot or a soft reboot. It is a little sad to see that they feel they need to go in a different direction so soon. But um, with that said, J.J. Abrams, as you mentioned, is the reboot master. He's very good at starting a franchise. I would not give him every movie continuing forward past that, especially not the last mm -hmm. one. Because, man, he does not know how to end things. He does not know how to end <laughs> stories at all. But he's great at starting them. <laughs> what excites me more about it isn't that J.J. Abrams is producing it, because I think just him as a producer just means he's putting money behind it, hopefully, and not, like, writing it or directing it or anything. Mm -hmm. What excites me more is that uh, I think I read that Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing it, and that's yes. exciting. I really like his writing a lot. I just don't want them to toss out everything that they've done with Cavill Superman. I hope Cavill is back, and I hope that it does have continuity with Man of Steel and, and BVS, and a version of Justice League, whether it's the one we're about to talk <laughs> about today or the one that's about to come out. I mean, who the hell knows? The DCEU is actually doing a surprisingly good job at covering what... Uh trying to follow any particular comic <laughs> character is like like yeah all right if you read this issue they're fine but then it got retconned like five issues later but don't worry uh, in a year later they did a reboot project that brought some of that back but not all of it batman stays the same this whole time because everyone loves batman but everything else changed 
<laughs> See, I think that that's basically what's going to eventually happen to the DCEU. They're going to like, okay, the movies that people like we're going to keep, and then we're going to retcon the movies people don't like. It's exactly. like, I don't know, just, just, Shazam, just... Shazam and Wonder Woman are safe, but, uh... <laughs> exactly, I mean, stay with what, stay with what you got, I don't know. It's just, it's just so weird. Yeah. This whole universe is so weird to me, which we'll get into. Okay, what I was gonna say was J.J. Abrams actually was attached to another Superman project that never actually got made, uh, I believe called Superman Flyby, which apparently the script is online that you can read. I haven't actually read it, but I know that that, that was the kind of infamous screenplay that had Lex Luthor turn out to be a Kryptonian for some reason. What? <laughs> Which I know a lot of people hate yeah. it, but... Yeah, it was it was weird. It, it was apparently a really weird direction, but... Hmm. There have also been a lot of Superman movies that never quite... Because, like, The Death of Superman in the 90s by Tim Burton was also one that... Almost was a movie and then wasn't. That was the one with Nick Cage, right? Where Nick Cage was, that was the one with Nick Cage. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> There's a great documentary about that failed movie uh, called The Death of Superman Lives. That was uh, The documentary was directed by John Schnepp, who's somebody I, I was a big fan of. He actually passed away three years ago or something. But re- really good. Like It's a really good documentary uh, where he sits down with like Tim Burton and they, they have a, a lot of archival footage of Nick Cage talking about it. And, like Nick, Nick Cage like had, you know, uh, wardrobe tests and everything. Like, they got pretty far in the process. And just talking about what the movie would have been. Like, I know Kevin Smith had actually written a, a draft of that, too, which was interesting. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, we do see another Superman movie at some point, And I hope that it does have Henry Cavill in it. Yeah, I do like Henry Cavill as Superman. He, he, like, he's one of those guys, you just, like, look at him and you could, he looks born to play Superman. He's just got the face. Sucks that I hate every movie he's been in as Superman. <laughs> that's that's not his fault. <laughs> okay, next up, next in the uh, the train of completely bizarre reboots. Uh, apparently, they're doing, and I just found out about this. I still don't know much about it, but apparently, they're doing a live action Powerpuff Girls. Yeah. Why don't you tell us about this, Zach? Alright, so the uh, description of this show is that they have the Powerpuff Girls as uh, disillusioned, jaded 20-somethings who resent the fact that they lost their childhood to crime fighting and now have to come together and uh, learn to work together again after trying to put that past behind them. This, this could either be, like, ridiculously, monotonously boring, or it could be so bizarre that it's great, depending on how far they lean into it. I, I half one of the characters to say, it's like, I didn't even grow thumbs until I was 18. <laughs> I am so in for this idea. I As soon as you said this, like, I think you told me this last night, Zach, thinking I was going to hate this. I'm like, I am so fucking in for this. This sounds so fucking weird. And that's why I love it. And I just, I really do, like, if, if they really lean into the ridiculousness of this, I think that this could be an amazing show. I'm actually kind of mad that I didn't come up with this idea so I could pitch it to, to a network. <laughs> like, honestly. <laughs> Have you guys seen that scene from Riverdale where it's just like, I had to drop out of school to, like, run drugs to help my parents, and then Archie's just like... Well, that just means you don't know the epic highs and lows of high school football then. I want that scene with the Powerpuff Girls. And where, like, Blossom is like, someone's trying to get Blossom to join the cheerleading squad. And she's just like, I had to fight evil monkeys. 
<laughs> no, this is totally. No, you're right. This is totally Riverdale. This is totally, yeah. uh, you know, what Riverdale did for Archie. This is doing for Powerpuff Girls. And I've actually heard really. I haven't watched Riverdale, but I've actually heard really good things about Riverdale. So like, you know, I'm really here for this. I yeah. actually am. I think this sounds so weird, and it could, it could, if they really lean into that, it could be really entertaining. I don't want a single person in the writers' room taking this show seriously. Not, not that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> yeah. what it is. Uh, okay. I was just gonna say I want them to try and make Mojo Jojo sexy. I don't know how or why. Yeah, that, that's my question. How are they gonna do the villains? Because I want to see Mojo Jojo. I want to see him. I want to see those rednecks. I can't remember their names, but that's what I want to see. I want to see the villains. Gangrene gang. I've seen a few episodes as a kid, but I'm not like a fan of Powerpuff Girls. Even still, I still think this sounds like kind of an amazing idea. Mm-hmm. All right. Alright, so today we're talking Justice League, the 2017 theatrical release. The credited director of this movie is actually Zack Snyder. But from the sounds of it, only about 30 minutes of this movie is actually Zack Snyder's Justice League. And most of it is Joss Whedon's Justice League. Really Joss Whedon at behest of the studio, which we'll kind of get deeper into that, but... I'll go ahead and like go through each of the characters and we'll kind of discuss our, our thoughts on how each of them are portrayed. So we'll start with Batman. Really the second full time that we have seen Ben Affleck play Batman. Third if you count his brief scenes in Suicide Squad. I'll go ahead and say I actually like him for the most part in this movie. They took him and they softened him up quite a bit. And they made him, like, but you get the sense that Batman in this movie is more what Batman was before he became kind of pissed off and disillusioned (laughs) as a result of Man of Steel. And then, like, it's like we see a really hateful Bruce Wayne in BVS. In this movie, you get the sense that he's been inspired by the death of Superman. He's returning back to his old self having been inspired by Superman and by Superman's sacrifice. So even though he, it's a very different energy than BVS, I think that the narrative for myself kind of earned that. So I am, I am actually good with the way he's portrayed in this movie. There's parts of it where I really enjoy what they're doing with Batman in this movie, and there's parts of it where I just don't. Like, the parts I really like are when, like, he's trying to, like, be a leader to, like, the rest of the league before, like, Superman comes alive, and he's trying to, like, get people to do things. And he's just not doing well at it because he's Batman, and he doesn't know how to talk to people. He doesn't know how to make friends. Hmm. And now he's having to make friends. (laughs) I really like that part of the movie where it shows it's just like, shit, we really do need Superman back because I can't do this. Uh, The parts I don't like are when, like, which is just, like, I think a problem I have was with just Joss Whedon's style overall is just, like, he gets so quippy. Batman is so quippy in this movie. I forgot how quippy he was. (laughs) Every scene, Batman has a weird quip, and I'm just like, this is bizarre and out of nowhere. (laughs) The one that always, like, sticks out in my head is, like, after, like, Superman comes to life, and then, like, he flies off with Lois Lane, and Batman's just, like, laying there, and he's just like, yep, something's definitely bleeding. And I'm like... (laughs) I'm just thinking about that. It's such a bizarre scene. Overall, I like it. I like it when Batman's, like, trying to be a leader, and it's just not doing well. I like it better than 
the murder Batman we got in Batman v Superman. There's a couple of moments where he's trying to be vulnerable and it's like clearly difficult for him that I really enjoy. One thing I really love is when he's, you know, discussing with Wonder Woman, you know, she notices all of his scars and, oh, okay, this Batman is legitimately getting too old for this. Um, like, he's not, like, an ancient man by far, but, you know, he's graying around the temples, he's been beating up his body for years. But, you know, you appreciate that, you know, like, one of the reasons why he's got to get this league together is, like, you know, even if we win with Steppenwolf, it's like, I am literally running out of time where I can be a hero. So this next generation has to be ready. But he's also willing to go to the very end as well. Perhaps a little too ready, which those are the moments I really like. Um, but yeah, man, he's so quippy. Like the whole bit where he's like talking to Barry. It's like, what are your powers? I'm rich. Or where he like keeps bringing up with Aquaman the talk to fish thing. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that is not something that like Batman would really talk about. That's, I don't know. I think he works best as kind of the straight character who has like, you know, in a movie, like one or two moments where you can detect that there's like something snarkier in his personality, but mm -hmm. just like constantly quipping is like a little is a little weird for Batman. But you no, know, for the most part, I really liked his portrayal, and I really liked what uh, Ben Affleck was doing with him. I actually liked that he was quippy. Like if if he was like being wacky, or if he, even if he was being like Tony Stark quippy, I might not have liked that. But like I felt that it was his humor was dry enough that it just it just. It humanized him in this movie for me. Because, like, when you really think about it, in your friend group, there's not just the one person that's funny. There might be the one person that's the silliest, but everybody has a sense of humor. And I think that yeah. a sense of humor can help to really humanize characters. And I actually really like the, what's your superpower? I'm rich. I love that line. It always makes me chuckle. I love oh, yeah. the thing where he's talking to Aquaman, and Aquaman's like, Oh, the strongest man is strongest alone. And he's like, that's that's not a saying. That's that's the opposite of what yeah, the saying like, is. Yeah, like, I like that one. <laughs> yeah. No, that one was good. That's... It, it, when he's quippy in the terms of like, yeah, like being a straight man, like with, with Nazi with Aquaman. And also like, Batman's extra as fuck. And he's always been just super yes, extra. <laughs> like at the he's end, a yeah. man... He, yeah. he puts bat to calls on everything he owns. <laughs> like at the end of the movie when they're in like Wayne Manor and he's just like, let's get a table and, and six chairs and we'll get all this space. Like, yeah, that's Batman. That's, uh, that's oh, fun yeah, Batman that's, having that's fun. fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think really my only problem with Batman in this movie is that on paper he seems like the main protagonist of this movie, but he at times kind of is a non-entity in, in, in this movie, which... In some ways, all the characters are in a weird way, which we'll, we'll kind of get into that. Mm -hmm. uh, I sometimes think the ensemble wasn't juggled as well as it could have been. Well, the next character we have up, Diana, Wonder Woman, who just came off of her own uh, solo movie right before this. I liked Wonder Woman in this movie a lot. There's a lot of ways to screw up Wonder Woman, and this movie kind of just avoids all of that. I like how she tries to connect with Cyborg, and that's really the only scene where I was just like, okay, cool. And then for the rest of the movie, she's just kind of there, and she just be beats people up. There's, there's a couple of scenes that I suspect were supposed to be leading into subplots that, you know, in the original cut might have actually been borne out, but in this version just kind of felt like, well, we didn't go anywhere with that. One of those was when Bruce was talking with Diana about her not being a leader, because on paper, you know, he's right. It's like, on paper, you have everything Superman should have. You're strong, 
you're brave, um, you're inspiring when you try to be. So why is it that you weren't out there being the symbol of hope for people for years? Why is it that, you know, you're not trying to take charge and lead this team now? You kind of get the impression that at some point she was supposed to, like, take over and lead the team by the end of the yeah. movie. Which didn't really happen. That was one of the many things that Superman stepped on. And we're going to get to Superman yeah. in, a, in a bit, but that's one of the many things Superman's... One of the many toes Superman stepped on. Yeah, there's, like, a couple of scenes where she's written very consistently with the perpetrator in her own movie, I will say that. Um, there's a couple of good, you know, plotline carryovers, but yeah, for the most part, she is she's there to be the consistent muscle. I honestly forgot that plotline existed. Uh, with uh, the occasional like pe- like Batman and that one scene where he's randomly an asshole to her, and he's like, "Did Steve Trevor tell you that you've had away hit yourself away for years? Why do you care now?" And then like at the end of the movie, when that like ending montage is happening, you see her like stopping some robbery, and like all these kids run up and she talks to them. And I'm like, when did, did this happen in the movie? When did, like, everybody learn about Wonder Woman and start loving her? Like, in the universe. I guess that's a thing now, cool. I also think it's very, very rich for Batman to talk about anybody holding a grudge over somebody's <laughs> death. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, you're, you're, you're not the guy who should be saying anything about that, man. That's... <laughs> I didn't really pick up on the storyline you were talking about, Zach, with, with like trying to make her the leader. Like It could be that that was there. I just didn't really pick up on it for myself. The storyline that felt really weird to me that they also didn't pick up on is this weird thing of like starting to make Batman and Wonder Woman their each other's love interests, which felt like they were starting yeah. to kind of do with it. Like, <laughs> that was weird to me. Gal Gadot, which by the way, we were all saying it wrong in the Wonder Woman episode, is Gadot. I looked it up. I was pretty sure I knew that the T was pronounced. I just couldn't remember like what what the what the sound of it was. Other than that, it was like she's not French. <laughs> uh, but yes, Gal Gadot. Even though the character has less to do in this movie, acting wise, I personally like her more in this movie than in her mm-hmm. own movie. And other people might not agree with me on that. But like, I I think that she just to me was a lot more natural. And felt more relaxed to me in this movie than she was in the last one. The last one, it really felt like she was trying to... It's like she was trying to show emotions rather than just, like, organically feeling them to me personally. I I know a lot of people don't really agree with that. But acting-wise, I think that she genuinely... And I said this last week, too. Like, I think that she, as an actor, gets better with every single movie. And I think that... I I actually liked her more, more so in this movie. It's funny that, like, you brought up the, like... The, the the Wonder Woman Batman romance that I think they were kind of like leading into because I was thinking about that while watching this. I have noticed that Joss Whedon has this habit in his writing because I've been I've been watching Buffy for the first time and I noticed he has this thing where if he doesn't know how to make conflict happen, he will just make one character randomly be an asshole. <laughs> and I've lost track of how many times that has happened in Buffy. <laughs> That, that scene that you're talking about, you like, between, like, Batman and Wonder Woman, where, like, Batman's, like, showing off his bruises, and, like, Wonder Woman's kind of helping him. That's, like, kind, and it kind of hints at them maybe being romantically interested later. But, like, leading into that scene, that's, like, their resolution to, like, their conflict they were having, because they started, like, they disagreed on, like, whether or not to bring Superman back to life. And in that scene, Batman is just randomly being an asshole for no reason. Yeah. And then, like, when they go to revive him, she's just like, I'm not here for you, I'm here for I'm here for Clark. And then, like, yeah, they have that resolution scene. I just thought that was funny, because I noticed that, and I was just like, God 
damn it, Joss. Like, you can't go one second without doing this. Alright, next up, we have Aquaman! Played by Jason Momoa, really his first full appearance in this universe. You know, he had kind of a sort of cameo in BVS, but this is his first actual appearance. He was certainly played by Jason Momoa, I'll tell you that. This is a much more laid-back version of Aquaman in a lot of ways. This is an Aquaman who is apparently been reluctantly a superhero for years, but not. he's been a kind of almost Hancockish drunken superhero where he's like i'll randomly do some good shit for people but i'm not gonna be like good at it or anything i find it interesting that he already knows about atlantis like he knows about his destiny he knows about atlantis he's been there a few times but apparently they just like can't stand each other like he and the entire city of atlantis just are like not on good terms at all yeah this is very much a guy who has a huge destiny in front of him and has been putting it off for years which is kind of where you see him in the beginning of the movie it's like i'm aware that you want me for this team but i'm already good at putting off my destiny so to ignore that until I absolutely can't. But yeah, no, he, he brings a lot, he brings a very fun, a very chill energy to a lot of scenes while also kind of being the, uh, the second, you know, bruiser character. Literally, his main purpose is to be the tag team wrestling partner of Wonder Woman in the final fight scenes. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we're gonna either throw it to, throw it to Wonder Woman, she'll throw it to Aquaman, he'll throw it back to Wonder Woman. You know, they're, they're the brute force characters. But no, he's, he's fun and I, I, I do like his portrayals just not the deepest cut version of this character at all. God, Hancock is a, is a movie I haven't thought of in like 10 years. You brought that back up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a movie that exists. I really like Actually, Hancock. I enjoyed it when I watched it. That, that third act, though. Uh, was, yeah, the first half of Hancock is great. The second half of Hancock is an entirely different movie. <laughs> Yeah, it yeah. That's pretty much exactly the way it is. Mm-hmm. It, it, I kind of like both movies that Hancock is. I, yeah. I kind of wish it was just the first movie, but I don't hate both of the incredibly different directions that it went into. God, how how long are we gonna do this podcast before we do an episode on Hancock? Do you think <laughs> <laughs> get through all these movies? The ultimate superhero movie, Hancock. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, Aquaman, yeah, I think he's just really entertaining. He's 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 a good source of uh humor in this movie. Jason Momoa, he's just entertaining. Uh he is definitely playing Jason Momoa. He really is kind of playing his character from Stargate Atlantis in a lot of ways. Yeah, I, I love how laid back he is, I love how drunk he is. I still wish that the Aquaman movie had come out before this movie. And I'll, yes. I'll get to that again when we talk about The Flash too. It's like, I understand them not wanting to copy what Marvel did completely, but the more I look back on this universe, I still think that Justice League just came way too fast. I mm. think that this would have been a much more meaningful movie if we had come in knowing most of these characters. I think they could have introduced Cyborg in this movie, but all the rest should have been introduced beforehand. I, I definitely feel that with Aquaman, that I think the the Aquaman movie literally could have been the Aquaman movie that we got, just minus the references to Justice League already happening. That that almost that exact same movie could have come out before mm-hmm. this movie, and I think that we would have come in with a familiarity with that character. Yeah, like, I love Jason Momoa, don't get me wrong. I love Jason Momoa. I love watching Jason Momoa act and just be a bro. 
and he's just so much fun in, in this movie. Like, for the life of me, I cannot understand or figure out why Aquaman is in this movie. Like, I know, like, Aquaman is, like, you know, one of the big Justice League members. And I know, like, if you're going to make a Justice League movie, you need Aquaman in it, obviously. Like, I get that. And I know they wanted to set up for more Aquaman stuff down the future. I get that. But he doesn't do anything in this movie. Not really. He gets his butt kicked by Steppenwolf. And then, like, he, he shows up does nothing but just bitch the whole time he's with the Justice League. And in the final fight, he stabs a couple dudes with his trident. And that's it. I don't know. Like, I feel like it wouldn't have been too hard to be like, the final battle takes place next to a coastline, so, like, he can use some, like, water powers to help. But instead, he's getting, like, thrown across the sky by Cyborg and then caught so that he can, like, stab people in the air and that's it. You know, he just, like, breaks a fire hydrant or something. Just, like, literally anything. Literally anything (laughs) as small as that. He could have, like, kicked a guy into the toilet and, like, used, like, his powers to make the water come up to give him a swirly. Anything. Oh, is he, like, is he, like, Ghost Shark? Can Aquaman just come out of any like, water at all? Like, even, like, a glass of water, Aquaman just jumps out? That would be a great movie. I didn't want to see a movie where the villain is just, like, chilling in his apartment like, he gets out a ball of water, like, opens the top, and then Aquaman just, like, pops out and punches him in the face. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Jumps and does the Agent Cody Banks punch. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, yeah, like, other than, like, that one scene where he stops the water, when, like, they're in that weird, like, what's that, Rikers yeah, Island? Railway oh, tunnel, I railway think. Railway tunnel, yeah. island, ocean. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck you there, it's there there's the fight yeah. reservoir I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah other than that he just like never uses his powers in this movie he's just there to stab people and drink alcohol in slow-mo <laughs> <laughs> which oh my oh my god I forgot that scene existed I thought they just made it for the trailer and I was just like that's a trailer shot that's not gonna be in the movie and then the movie, sure enough. The soundtrack is Icky Thump by the it's White Stripes. Thump, yeah. They're just, yeah, it's like, yes. He's like drinking like a straight bottle of like whiskey or something yeah. in slow motion to Icky Thump and like smashes it at the end. It's like, this is like the most brotastic moment of all time. That's a Zack Snyder scene, 100%. That's a Zack Snyder scene. I think a lot of this stuff, well, actually, I kind of want to get into like later on, like what scenes we think are Snyder parts and what scenes yeah. we think are Whedon parts. I think a lot of the stuff with Aquaman at the beginning is Snyder. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of that feels like Snyder to me. All right, but that brings us to the fastest man alive, Barry Allen, The Flash. Played by Grant Gustin, uh, not Grant Gustin, actually, Ezra Miller. A lot of people would prefer Grant Gustin, but anyway. I actually like Ezra Miller as The Flash. I think he's fun. I think he's funny. Mm-hmm. They, they kind of went into a weird, like, sort of otaku direction with him. Like, I don't really know what that was about, but... I enjoyed the flash in this movie. I, I like the, the scenes where he's talking to his his dad in, in jail, uh, which I, I I think those scenes are Snyder scenes too, by the way. But and I think yeah, I think he he definitely is a good kind of comic relief character in this movie and is kind of useful. Like again, it's, it's weird. Like a lot of these characters like aren't actually as useful <laughs> on the team as you think. Actually, my favorite scene with involving both the Flash and Batman actually is the first time that they go into battle yeah. and Batman is telling him, just go in and save one person. And Barry's like, then what? And Batman's like, you'll know. And then Flash saves one person and he knows, all right, I can save one person, I can save another one and another one. That to mm-hmm. me is a cool moment. So like, I enjoyed oh, yeah. seeing Flash as kind of an inexperienced superhero kind of finding his, his footing, quote unquote, in this movie. Yeah. I still wish that there was a solo Flash movie that came out before this movie. I mm-hmm. still I still maintain that. I think it would have been nice to have actually seen his origin, but 
I do like Flash getting introduced in this movie because he kind of like he has like an arc that he goes through in this movie like like when that scene you're talking about he's just like I've just kind of pushed people before I've never actually been in a fight and then by the end of it he's like running around punching people at light speed like saving people doing crazy stuff as the Flash I, I, I do kind of like him being introduced in this movie and they're just like they have like one quick scene where he's just like you got struck by lightning he's like well it's not really it but that's all you need to know he's the Flash he runs fast and and by the end of this movie, he's, like, coming to his own more. The Flash is my, I think, was the, the best done character in this movie. Like, it, it's difficult to say exactly what Whedon did or Snyder did, but mm-hmm. it feels like every scene with him feels consistent for his character, for the most mm-hmm. part. I've never felt that, like, there was a super jarring moment where it's like, that doesn't seem right for him. I will say, like, one of the emotional highlights of the movie is that scene you mentioned where he's talking to his dad, and I'm like, yeah. I wish more of the movie was like this. This is a great scene. <laughs> this is just like legitimately a really good scene. Mm-hmm. I also think this is a Snyder scene because his dad is played by Billy Crudup, who played mm-hmm. Dr. Manhattan in Watchmen, and Zack Snyder loves to reuse his actors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I kind of get the impression that Zack Snyder, especially because I'm pretty certain, like, the whole nightmare, we finally would have gotten, in his version, we would have gotten a hint as to what the frick that thing going on in Batman v Superman with his Flash scene in there was. But um, I liked in this version where Barry mentions, like, yeah, my powers aren't exactly the speed thing. that It's really simplified. As an introduction to the Flash, as just like a simple baseline, who's the Flash? What do you need to know? This felt like a pretty decent introduction to him. It's like, okay, uh, this is the Flash. He's fast. He's inexperienced. He's kind of like Spider-Man in that he uses humor to deal with the fact that he's scared frequently he kind of reminded me of a lot of like uh from guardians of the galaxy rocket and how they handle him he's just like he's a raccoon he's an asshole that's all you need to know and then by the <laughs> end of it he's like yeah working with the team and like helping everyone and he like likes everyone in there so i kind of saw that with the flash like he runs fast that's all you need to know well next up is cyborg cybernetic organism living tissue over metal endoskeleton <laughs> actually the other way around actually this should have been his movie obviously this is the ensemble justice league movie but as you pointed out earlier cyborg well not originally originally but the one some several of the more recent versions of cyborg certainly the cyborg of this universe is so inherently tied to the main plot of this movie, to the mother boxes. So much of his arc in this movie is, you know, he's not even a superhero yet. He's literally just figuring out who he is, what kind of person he wants to be. In a lot of ways, he should have been one of the closest things to a main character of this film. He's kind of a POV, introducing us to a lot of these new concepts, introducing us to a lot of the new god concepts through his unique perspective. He is to some degree in this. um, Like, he still remains a very important character in this movie. Is he, though? He he remains a somewhat important character in this movie. Like, he is the tech guy. He's able to make Batman's machines move faster. He does the computer research. He's integral to you know stopping the mother boxes from doing what they need to do they literally can't do without him even with superman there i still feel like the movie could have done more focus on him um i do like his interactions with diana like everyone else is a little wary is a little interested in the machine part and diana just sees the man you know he just sees a guy who's uncertain of his abilities uncertain of his powers and she is there to you know inspire him tell him that's like yeah you can actually do this man whereas everyone else has you know very mixed or strange opinions on him um i do like the beginning of his weird friendship with the flash and the grave digging yeah. scene 
Such a weird scene. It's a weird scene overall, <laughs> but I, I do like I do like that they kind of you know start pairing them up as uh, you know Flash is the very you know quick talking character and Cyborg is the you know kind of straight man to that. Yeah, o- overall I think that like a lot of elements in this movie, uh, he 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 deserved a little better treatment of this film. Yeah, that was something that, like, when I was watching it, I wish there was more of, was that scene where they're, like, digging up Superman's body. Him and Flash have this, like, really cool parallel in this movie that I don't know if it was intentional or if it just accidentally happened. Because, like, they're both very new into their powers. They are both have not really done anything with them yet other than just, like, small things. Like, Flash with just, like, pushing over that guy trying to, like, rob this bank and, like, Cyborg just, like, waking up and being like, oh, cool, I can fly now. So I really like this idea of just, like, Flash being like, cool, I'm gonna be like, this is exciting and it's these new powers bring me a lot of joy and, like, why, yeah, of course you'd want powers. Why the fuck wouldn't you? And then there's Cyborg with, a, you know, he's just like, I had a scholarship to college I was going to be a football star. What do you mean I have to be a superhero now? No, screw that. And so I like, like, Cyborg being, like, the depressy emo boy parallel to, like, Flash's, like, excited, like, comic relief guy. I So I wish there was more of that. And then, yeah, we and they ended up trying to push, like, Diana being, like, a kind of, like, motherly figure towards him, which I liked. And then Aquaman just randomly being an asshole to him, which I still <laughs> am still very confused as to why that is a thing in this movie. But, you know what, it's fine, whatever. But, yeah. Definitely. This movie felt like, maybe not just, like, solely a cyborg story, but, like, a combination of, like, Flash and Cyborg coming into their own. But I do wish more focus was brought on Cyborg. I don't like Cyborg in this movie at all. To me, he's just so bland. He's just so bland and just uninteresting to me. It's like, even from his first introduction, when his dad is coming home, he's like, it's like, what, what are you doing? So I'm, I'm computing or I'm calculating or whatever. It's like, okay, like immediately I'm like, is this where we're going with this character? He gets better to me as the movie goes along, but he just, he's so, he's like too much the straight man. He's like, he's like stoic to an almost obnoxious degree in this movie and i think that they could have made him like the most human character in a lot of ways and it's like immediately like i think they're just doing this thing that he's he's out of touch with his humanity because of the the cybernetic part of him i think that was what they were going for but i just did not respond to it at all i know it's not fair to ever compare adaptations um because across each adaptation they are essentially different characters but that is the old teen titans show what you just described is precisely what Cyborg was. Like, he was a cyborg, he was a superhero, but most importantly, he was just a regular guy who was very much interested in tinkering around stuff, playing video games, talking to people, trying to be as normal of a person as he could be, just really embracing, you know, being as human as he could, despite, you know, having this other side to him. Um, More than any other character, more than Barry, who, you know, Barry was driven by, you know, a determination to find his uh, mother's killer all his life. Yeah. You know, Batman, obviously, was driven by his parents' deaths. Victor really was just an absolutely normal guy, whose only drive is now completely impossible. His only dream, mm-hmm. you know, to be a football star, um, he can't do, ever. Not in any way, shape, or form. So he is someone who is having to just pick up his entire life, and superheroics was not part of the deal. No part of this was an altruistic thing. Not that he's not altruistic, it's just that that was never part of his original ambitions. Yeah, I think it falls under a lot of, like, what the DCEU ends up being, which is cool ideas, not great execution. 
the, the last thing I want to say about Cyborg, because I don't know how much of a hot take this is or not, but I hate his design in this movie. I hate it. It's bad. I don't so like weird. it. It's and so what makes weird. it even worse for me is that in the end of the movie, when they're doing that montage, he gets that, like, mm-hmm. I guess he just upgrades himself, and his design changes to, like, almost kind of that more classic so look. And it's so much <laughs> better! And I'm like, where was this the whole movie? You could have been doing Why this do the I whole time? Ugly CGI <laughs> gray skinny arms here. <laughs> I'm fine with it. I had no problem with it, but... Alright, next up, we have uh, our villain, Steppenwolf. The true villain is probably warner brothers but anyway. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so steppenwolf in the comics is not a very interesting character he's just kind of dark sides lackey and Maybe. so they did a very good job adapting him in this movie because he's not very interesting in this movie either yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's there and then he dies and that's <laughs> which i guess like in this kind of movie where like you've already got five six main characters Sure, make your villain just kind of boring and interesting, but at least, like, give them something. They, they gave them an edible complex for the boxes, which was, I'll, I'll be honest, that was a weird choice. Where he's, like, constantly, like, stroking them and being like, Mother, yes. That and was I'm like, very weird. <laughs> <laughs> you have all the world of possible character traits you could give this man, and that's that's what you're going with. Okay. Did he, do you think he named one of them Martha? <laughs> One of them is named Martha. <laughs> yes. I'm going to echo both of you guys. I think Seven Wolf is, he's just another big angry CGI man. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he's, he's a generic comic book movie villain. There are two things I will say. I really like Kieran Hines as an actor. He mm-hmm. doesn't really get to do much in this movie, but he's he's really good. And I actually don't think that the CG for Steppenwolf is as bad as a lot of people say. In my I actually think he looks fine, personally. Like, it doesn't look photoreal, but it doesn't bother me that it doesn't because it's a weird alien dude. And it's, the whole movie has kind of a stylized look to it anyway, so yeah. I, was, I was fine with that. There were a lot of other moments where the CGI where I was just like, that's not good. But, like, I don't think that ever happened when I was looking at Steppenwolf. It never, like, took me out. He looks fine. I would have liked just a smidge more touching on the whole New Gods Apocalypse thing. Like, you don't have to get super into Darkseid, but you gotta be like, where has this guy been in exile? Did they just give him an army to Mm -hmm. go into exile with? Or did he have to, like, did he actually have to, like, tell Apocalypse or something? It's like, guys, give me one last chance. I can actually do it this time. And they were like, fine, here's a small army, go. Yeah, I remember them in the backstory scene, like, they explained the parademons as, like, people from armies he had beaten. And then, like, after he kills, like, their soldiers, they become parademons. So, like, yeah, I think that's something that, I think that's a, one of the big changes that Joss Whedon made. There's, like, one mention to Darkseid very quick. And then the rest of it just makes it seem like Steppenwolf is just acting on his own for the whole movie. I want to know what Steppenwolf is actually fighting for. Like, what the fuck does he want? What kind yeah. of life does he want to return to? That was my thing. I, I never understood what Steppenwolf's goal was the entire movie. He's just, he's a bad guy and he's just doing bad shit to the world and they have to stop him because he's bad but i never really got what he was actually trying to do the entire movie i think one person in the movie tries to explain it like he's mad that he lost the first time he tried to conquer earth and i'm like okay fine why was he trying to conquer Earth the first time though because normally i don't like just like dumb random like one-off me- like 
references mm-hmm. in like movie these kinds of movies to like reference other things. But like this is one time where I think it would have been like actually appropriate because it would have given Steppenwolf more of a motivation instead of just like, well, I sure do like conquering. They mention new gods and old gods. It's like, okay, just take like a second to briefly explain what the new gods <laughs> yeah. are because clearly yeah. Steppenwolf is one of them. Yeah, it's like, like just I... take a second and it's like. Just say, there's a wave of new gods trying to impose their will on the galaxy, and Steppenwolf's one of them. That's all you had to say. No, like, I'm coming in, like, I'm not really as much of a broader DC fan. Like, I'm, I'm like as far as comics yeah. go, I'm pretty much a Marvel fan. And I like mm-hmm. Batman, but I'm not really into any of the other DC comics. So, like, coming into this movie, like, he's talking about new gods, he's throwing all these names out, like, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about, but he's just, he's just, whatever. Yeah. I did think that the one flashback battle sequence was kind of cool, especially with that Green Lantern cameo it's was actually kind of dope. I thought that was actually that cool. That was scene, cool, but... I did like the Green Lantern cameo, yeah. For some reason, like, all, like, at first, like, you know, it was kind of eye-rolling at the Amazons having, like, weirdly skimpier armor in this movie. But then I appreciated how, like, all of the Greek gods, like, for some reason, were, like, almost like Zeus and Ares, like, for some reason, just apparently decided to, like, go near Commando as well for some reason it's like oh apparently the gods are just like that no here's the thing about that zach i i was thinking about the fact that the amazons dress skimpily in this movie but i realized okay that's not zack snyder being sexist that's zack snyder being zack snyder think about how the spartans in 300 dress they wear <laughs> underwear and a cape if, if he could get around with it, nobody would be wearing any clothes. <laughs> exactly. That's just, that's just Snyder, you know? <laughs> I find it funny that, like, in Wonder Woman, they were wearing, like, actual functional armor. And then sometime between, like, 19th and 1920s, and when Justice League takes place, they were just like, Alright, boob armor for everyone. Get rid of this actual real armor crap. <laughs> it, it's because the Germans shot them with uh, firearms on the beach, and they're like, This armor doesn't do shit. It doesn't do shit. Why are we wearing yeah. this? <laughs> it's so free. <laughs> now we're going into this. This will be a big topic. Superman in general and the resurrection of Superman in this movie. Mustache gate, as, as some might say. <laughs> Zach, as someone with a mustache, what do you think of uh, Mr. Mm. Baby Mouth? Most of the movie, actually, it did not bother me that, you know, there are some CG scenes. Except for that scene at the very beginning where it's very clear that whoever was animating it did not understand how human mounts move at all. That was, that was genuinely upsetting. And I'm like, all right, you couldn't have, like, framed this scene in a way where you're just not, like, seeing his face that much. I'm just, I don't... Nope, <laughs> gotta stare right at it. As it's very clear, this is a CGI'd off mustache. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Superman in this movie was... Uh, Weird is the best way I'm going to put it. You know, I really liked his... I mentioned, you know, earlier that I really like his portrayal. This is going to be both on Zack Snyder and Joss Whedon's head. So I, I actually have one pick both of them because clearly his return was in this movie. I think it's really weird to have the death and return of Superman be so early and be spread out with such little space in between. It's like, well, he died for a minute and now he is back. Okay. Suicide Squad went into it in a bit, um, you know, feeling the loss of Superman. But it still felt a little jarring to have him come back so soon. And the manner in which he came back was frustrating because, Sam, you've mentioned a few times previously that one of the frustrating things about Superman as a character is that he kind of makes the rest of the Justice League a little 
superfluous. <laughs> and in a lot of adaptations, that's not the case. Whether it's because they managed to scale his powers down or because they managed to creatively uh, use a situation where it's like, okay, so you do actually need these people with these vastly varied skill sets. And in this movie, they did not do anything to make it seem like uh, they needed any other member of the Justice League once Superman came back. No, it was it was really jarring how much when he came back it was just like he's doing all this on easy mode like flash goes to save this one family we've been following <laughs> the whole time and superman saves an entire apartment building in one go at roughly the same speed apparently you know uh everyone else is fighting the parademons and superman's just like blowing them away everyone else is struggling tag teaming uh steppenwolf this whole time and superman is like not trying at all in the fight scene he's just like ha this is super easy get it super uh <laughs> and like i don't mind a cheerful superman there's a lot of versions of superman where him being this kind of wholesome cheerful warm presence on the team is great that is not who he was in batman v superman or man of steel for various reasons the fact that he just had a very traumatic death and a weirdly traumatic resurrection immediately being called back into battle right after he died and he's all of a sudden quipping and smiling with the team that he literally only met once when he tried to kill them except for Batman who he literally only met when he was trying to kill him. It's super weird. It's a very weird direction for him. It just feels completely unnatural for this film and very much like a sharp departure from the Superman that we grew to know in Man of Steel. Like they just literally took another version of Superman. And the last thing I'll say on this is that they did not use the Man of Steel theme anywhere in this film. And I have problems with that. Yeah, so I will disagree that I didn't like... Well, okay, I liked that they basically just retconned Superman's character in this movie because I hate Man of Steel in Batman vs. Superman. Specifically for that reason, I just hate that version of Superman so much. I hate that interpretation of Superman so much. So the fact that they're just like, you know what, or Joss Whedon was just like, you know what, screw it, I'm just going to retcon it, and he smiles now. I was like, thank God. <laughs> I, it, it was like it was like doing drugs for the first time in years. Like I was just like, this is the hit I needed. I needed to see Superman smile. But yeah, no, other than that, I don't understand why Superman is in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> they set up his, like, them wanting to resurrect him as being like, we need him because he inspires hope in people. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Superman's a hopeful person, and you guys kind of suck at that job, part of the job. Batman especially. So I was like, that makes sense. Okay, cool. And then they go and they bring him back to life. And so I'm like, okay, so that's clearly going to be like Superman's role in the last fight or whatever. He's going to be the inspiring person or whatever. He's going to inspire the team to get together and be able to fight him off. He's going to inspire the world to stand up against these like parademons or whatever. Something's going to happen. No. Nope. Like you said, he just shows up and punches Steppenwolf, and that's it. Movie's over. We win. <laughs> so, I'm like, yeah. we've got five, four other people on the team who can do that. So that's just, he's in the movie to punch Steppenwolf, and that's it. I noticed that while I was watching it this time, what you said with they don't use the Man of Steel musical theme. Because Danny Elfman does this movie. And so he uses, like, his Batman theme from when he uh, did the Tim Burton Batman movies. And then he uses the John Williams theme from the 70s Superman movies. Whatever else your opinions are made of Steel, I, you know, if you throw out the rest of the movie, that Superman theme is fantastic to me. That's an amazing theme. And the fact that they just, like, completely threw it out, I'm just like, why'd you do that? As far as, like, all right, I'm gonna say some very controversial things about Superman in general. I agree with you, Zach, that I didn't like 
how hopeful or how i didn't like how happy and optimistic he was because it didn't really jive with the superman that we saw in the previous two movies and i would have liked to have seen some consistency to be honest i never like it when superman is like that like you were kind of saying zach it's like oh there's some versions where that's great that's probably true for people who aren't me. I fucking hate it every time they do that because I'm like, oh, okay, my so heart. you have like the most powerful being like on the world, one of the most powerful beings in the universe who always is just cheerful and has a sunny disposition all the time and is smiling and friendly. And anybody likes this asshole? This is a fucking asshole. I'm sorry. Like nobody that perfect is likable. I'm like, in my opinion, like, I know other people don't feel that way, but nobody that perfect is believable or likable. I just want to punch him in the face every single time. No, you get out there with your smiling ass. If you're that powerful, then that's a burden and that you should be experiencing that as being a burden, you know? And that's why Man of Steel is the only Superman movie that I really love. That's why I actually do love BVS. And I hated what they did with him in this movie. But not only just that, like, I think that there's a version of a more optimistic Superman that I think they could have built to gradually, but they just skipped to the end, and they did it in a way, like, Henry Cavill's performance in this movie is just completely weird. Like, I love him as Superman, I do not like him in this movie. Like, he's not coming from a place of emotional truth, he's coming from, I am acting the way people want Superman to act. I gotta feel that that just comes from he was directed to act in a certain way that was counter to the way the character was being built up in the previous movies and he as an actor just couldn't justify it and so he just basically just I'm just gonna act like Christopher Reeve you know instead of like actually justifying my character going that direction I'm just gonna do the end result instead of doing the journey to it so I really hate Superman in this movie Superman is actually one of my least favorite things in about this entire movie and yeah his presence in this movie completely renders the entire rest of the team useless in the climax it, he literally could just do everything superman is probably my least favorite thing about this movie in general the amount of disservice that not just this movie but the dceu as a whole has done to superman hurts me yeah by this point like even if you want to like do a complete reversal on like the way superman was done in man of steel and batman v superman which i do absolutely hate i hate that that portrayal of superman even though like i enjoy it being like a complete 180 definitely not good franchise making but... no and his his stupid baby mouth is just awful <laughs> it's a weird baby mouth. I feel bad for those animators because I don't know a lot about like computer animation or CGI, but I know that like the little I do know is that the human faces are the hardest thing to do. Mm. And so not only are they already doing something really hard, but they've got like what they did those reshoots and like the movie came out like what, two or three months later. I absolutely believe that those were great animators who did the absolute best they could in the ridiculous time crunch that they had. If they were going to do these extreme reshoots, which they shouldn't have done to begin with. But if they were going to do that, they should have delayed the movie by at least six months yeah. mm-hmm. so that they could actually finish the CG. Mm-hmm. A lot of the CG feels kind of unfinished in this Very movie. much, yeah. Ooh, yeah. God, oh, man. There's one, the one scene that comes to mind is when, like, the, like, bat plane or whatever carrying all of them flies out of the bat cave or whatever, and Alfred's standing there, but it's, like, CGI Alfred, and he looks like a PlayStation 1 character. That, that <laughs> shot cracks me up, because I just imagine that Alfred just left on that platform and be like, all right, I have no way of getting down now. How do I, what? <laughs> I guess I'm swimming to the house again. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like Master Wayne forgot to install the bridge. (laughs) He's just 
Dread is. Like that that should have been the post credit scene. It's just showing Batman showing Alfred just standing on that platform. Alright, I'm still waiting. <laughs> the Justice League are all like celebrating in Wayne Manor and like Alfred shows up and he's like soaking wet and he's just like I've been swimming for three days. <laughs> Alright, so related to Superman, Lois Lane and Martha Kent are also in this movie. Yeah, they are characters who are in this movie. I like how it kind of goes into, like, how they're both dealing with their grief. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the best part of, like, any Superman dies story is, like, watching how other people react mm-hmm. to, like, not having Superman around anymore. They're the only two people who knew Superman when he died. So, like, I I enjoy watching, like, how they're both dealing with it. Like, Martha is kind of just like... Why did you say that name? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm getting flashbacks. (laughs) Like, how Martha's just, like, moving off from her life. She, like, let the bank foreclose on the the farmhouse and she's moved to the city. And how Lois is, like, taking easier jobs now and she's not working as hard as she was. And then the movie just kind of drops that plot line (laughs) until they need it again. (laughs) When Superman comes back to life, and then, like, there's one scene where they all reunite, which was a pretty sweet scene. I liked it. I thought it was... Yeah, it was fine. The scene in the field in front of the Kent household is probably my favorite scene involving Superman. That's actually yeah. a pretty good scene. Yeah. I will say that. And then that's it. That's all That's all they do in this movie, which, yeah, I mean, it's a Justice League movie. It makes sense they're not going to have a lot to do. Martha, yeah, I think that she probably wouldn't have had much to do in this movie in, in any version of this. Lois, I feel like, could have been utilized better mm-hmm. and more so than she was. I feel like Lois was just kind of in this movie, and then they used her as a way to sort of bring Superman back from his uh, pet cemetery mode. Yeah. yeah. I kind of liked what they were trying to do with like her her like she kind of ends the movie with like that monologue of you know about like hope or whatever like (laughs) that was a very awkward monologue (laughs) that was an awkward monologue i I almost wanted i I liked parts of it like i I liked what they were doing with it or what they're trying to do with it but it could have been done better for Mm -hmm. sure i almost wanted one last joss whedon quip at the end like i wasn't a huge fan of the sheer amount of quips they tried to put in. But I almost wanted one last one where Lois just looks at the computer and is like, that draft is terrible. Now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That monologue at the end is so weird, though, because, like, Lois's entire plot line in this movie, which doesn't really exist, isn't really that much. It's, she's just kind of sad in the beginning, and then yeah. she disappears. So it's weird that that monologue comes from her. It felt like them trying to justify her being in the movie. Oh, let's give Lois something to do at the end. It's like, no, like... We signed Amy Adams to a contract. We need to have her in this movie. This was a waste of Amy. Because I love Amy Adams. Like, I really love Amy Adams. And this movie definitely wasted her. It was a waste of her, for sure. All right, so uh, we've been touching on this kind of throughout. But the next topic is Snyder's Tone versus Whedon and Warner Brothers. And, like, what? was Snyder what was Warner Brothers I didn't mind the quippiness of this movie okay it was obviously tonally extremely different from Man of Steel and BVS that's not necessarily a horrible thing by itself because we see in the MCU you can have movies of very different tones within the same universe and you can make it work but I can't help but feel like a this movie clearly feels like a frankenstein creation Mm -hmm. of like some scenes feel like snyder some scenes feel like weed and some scenes kind of just feel like nothing in a lot of ways like it has some of the some of the more superficial elements of a joss weed movie of being quippy 
But in a lot of ways, this doesn't even feel like a Joss Whedon movie to me. It just feels like a weird corporate machine hodgepodge of a yeah. movie. It feels like a studio executive's idea of what a superhero movie is, mm-hmm. rather than a movie that is from the point of view of a director, mm. if that makes sense. I like Joss Whedon as a writer. I generally like stuff like I said earlier, I was watching Buffy, and I like Buffy. I love Firefly. I love the first Avengers movie. Age of Ultron sucked, but that's fine. But, like, overall, like, I like Joss Whedon as a, as a writer, and I feel like him coming on and then the studio not giving him a lot of time really brought out his flaws as a writer and weren't able to, like, showcase his strengths. Because I think one thing that, like, Joss Whedon can do really well is make you fall in love with the character. I just don't care a lot about any of these characters in this movie. That being said, I despise Zack Snyder so much. I have not liked a single Zack Snyder movie in my life. I am going to hate watch the Snyder Cut on when it comes out on HBO. I'm going to get my popcorn and sit down for four straight hours and watch that. But at the same time, like, I don't know if having, like, the Snyder tone throughout will be an improvement. I'm a huge fan of Zack Snyder, but I understand why he's not for everybody. Like, honestly, yeah. the only Zack, the only Zack Snyder movie that I don't like is Sucker Punch. I could rant about Sucker Punch for hours. That's definitely a shitty movie, but all the rest of his movies, I, in my opinion, I love. Oh, and the, the... Owls of Gaul was not bad, but it was kind of weird. I don't think that counts as a Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> yeah. He, he did direct it, but it's this weird animated thing. Yeah. It's weird like, movie, yeah. <laughs> that was such a weird movie. Like, just the existence of that movie was like, this is such a weird... It's not even bad. It's just weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think he's... I think Zack Snyder is, the, like, a decent filmmaker. Like, when he makes a movie, he knows what he wants. Mm-hmm. I just... Most of the time, I just hate what he wants. <laughs> He's one of those directors, you either like him or you don't. Mm-hmm. And we, we've talked to people, you know, I mean, Scott Peeler, who we had on a few weeks ago, well, it definitely feels the same way you do, Sarah. Like, mm-hmm. you either like Snyder or you don't. He has a point of view and he goes for it. And I, I admire that a lot, that he, he, he has his particular vision and he always goes for it. Yeah, I'll give him that. Yeah, there's like one or two moments that, you know, clearly have like Snyder's artistic flair. The rest of it, yeah, doesn't even feel like a Joss Whedon movie. This is like, this is a man who was told to follow these beats by a studio that is desperately worried about trying to follow Marvel and mm-hmm. desperately worried about everyone's reaction to Batman v Superman. Man. That's that's the main thing, is that this is a weirdly reactionary movie. You know, Zack Snyder leaving the project was unavoidable. That was a completely unavoidable tragedy. You know, his daughter had, mm-hmm. you know, just committed suicide. But it felt kind of like the studio just kind of ghoulishly took that as an opportunity to be like, well, now we can make the movie that we feel comfortable with. <laughs> I have read, like, I don't know, like, if if it's, like, Conspiracy Theory level or if there's, like, some support, but, like, they had already basically agreed they were going to fire Zack Snyder. Hmm. And that they were already prepping, like, Joss Whedon to come on and save it. Because I was, I was reading some of, like, the requirements they had for Joss Whedon once he came on. And, like, some of the requirements were it has to be super lighthearted. It has to be under two hours runtime. Because apparently a four-hour Justice League movie just wasn't going to do it for him. <laughs> it's like the, the movie with the most number of main characters has the shortest runtime. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the thing that gets me about this. This is the one that actually, like, could be, like, three, like four hours might be pushing it. But this is the one that could have been, like, two and a half hours mm-hmm. and it would have, like, justified mm-hmm. it, I feel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That and that's some, that's one of the things the movie suffers from. That I think is that like all these like cool ideas that we were like bringing up, like the lo- lowest don't have with, time to seven, follow anyway. They just yeah, they just there's just no time for them. They're having to do other things. It's it's also weird like reading like I was doing a little bit of that about how like uh, all of Zack Snyder's plans for Justice League 
because he was planning like a whole trilogy and there's going to be all these weird story beats and he was already putting some stuff in like batman v superman with like the flash time portal scene where he pops up and that nightmare scene with batman with a machine gun that's seared into my memory forever <laughs> it would have been interesting to see like which one of those were still kept in this movie even after like batman v superman kind of flopped and the studio was just like you got to make this movie happier you keep saying oh would have been interesting to see what the snyder's version it of the movie be would have been we're about to find out <laughs> we are, we are about am, to find out actually i am so excited <laughs> to watch this movie i i'm already in the camp where this movie is going to be trash but I, you know what whatever <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. I'm a, I'm excited, but I'm actually a Snyder fan. We've talked about Joss Whedon as a person in, in a previous episode, but it, it's worth you know mentioning again that of course Ray Fisher has come out and said mm-hmm. had a lot of allegations against how Whedon treated everybody on set, and I think Jason Momoa supported him. Mm-hmm. Maybe Gal Gadot also. I'm not I'm not really sure, but a lot of the, like previous like actors who have worked under Joss Whedon have come out and support him too like yeah on the bvs episode we talked about uh the charisma carpenter yeah and yeah we we we, we've touched on that before but yeah a lot of uh, previous whedon actors have kind of come out so like i've gotten to the point with whedon i'm not a fan of him as a human being i am Mm -hmm. still a fan of him as a writer and as a filmmaker Mm -hmm. i think he's a really good writer i think he's a really good director yeah I don't actually blame him for this movie being what it is because I really think that the studio they, they didn't even let him be creative within the confines of this movie. They they had a series of mandates. I believe they hired Joss Whedon because they wanted their Justice League to be like what Marvel did with the Avengers. And so let's get the guy who made Avengers and have him make this movie like Avengers. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like if you're gonna, and I think we're already kind of in the next topic, which is like, how does this build off of previous movies? I feel that it doesn't build off of the previous movies mm-hmm. at all, really. I think there are small moments. I think Wonder Woman is fairly consistent from her movie. Mm-hmm. There are parts of this movie towards the beginning that I think is like, okay, parts of this feel like this is a sequel to BVS, and then like the second half of this movie doesn't at all. I actually think, and I, I'm almost surprised that I myself have the, this opinion from rewatching the movie. I think the first hour of this movie is actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think the fir- I actually like the first half of this movie quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I think the second half is where this movie completely goes off the rails for me. One of the problems with it is it just doesn't build off of what they were building up before. You know, the, the, what, what they did with Superman is a big example of that. They just retconned his entire personality. I agree with, like, the first hour of this movie being, like, good and fun to watch. Because, like, it... it, it gives you like all these promise of like these like storylines that they're setting up that we've like said before like none of them end up paying off just about it's it's all it's like almost like game of thrones in that way where it's just like the first couple seasons are great and you're like what's this building up to it's building up to nothing have fun superman punches steppenwolf that's it yeah. the movie's over i remember like even like watching this movie when i saw it in theaters because like i was going in i was just like at least give me like something competent at this point because i was so upset <laughs> I just didn't care after Man of Steel and, and Batman v Superman. And even, like, watching it, I was just like, I like this direction better, but, like, maybe doing a U-turn on the interstate isn't the best idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it feels like instead of just like, oh, they missed their exit, we'll just go to the next exit and turn around. Nope, doing a U-turn right now. It's very bizarre to watch this movie in context of the other movies that came before it. Yeah, because it doesn't really completely work on either level. It doesn't work as a continuation of those movies, and it doesn't even really quite work work as its own like it works better as its own thing 
Like, I always say, to me, this movie is, like, a slightly better version of that animated... Is it Justice League War? Was it? Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. I, I know some people like Justice League War. I think that movie was terrible, personally, but, you know... <laughs> the best part of Justice League War is the moment when Green Lantern tries to Leroy Jenkins that shit. It's like, I'm Green Lantern, I'm going in! And Darkseid just, like, slaps him, he falls to the ground, and then a bunch of parademons come out of nowhere and just start, like, beating the shit out of him while he's down. That is the best part of the movie. Was that the movie where, like, Green Lantern meets Batman, and he's just like, so what's your power? Can you do this? Can you do that? And Batman's just like, nope, nope. And he's like, wait, you're not just some guy in a bat costume, are you? I that, I think that was that one. <laughs> yeah, so the our final topic... Is uh, okay. So there's two credit scenes. The one one credit scene is the start of a race between Flash and Superman. That one's fine. It's like it's what it's just kind of it's just kind of the funny little like yeah. throwaway. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah, it's, it's a fun one. It's good. Of course, like we were saying like the other night that we were watching the movie. Like I've always felt this way. The Flash has to win because if Superman's faster than the Flash, there's literally no reason for the Flash to be on the team. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you, you are actually off the yeah. team, Barry. You serve no purpose here that I can't. Well, it's like a Superman's like, well, if I beat you, you're off the team. It's like, oh, I'm kidding. But are, am I, though? Because <laughs> if I beat you, then, you know. <laughs> What's it? That's also supposed to be, like, the difference between their speeds. Like, Superman's just fast because he's fast. The Flash can tap into the speed force, which is just whatever the fuck the writers want it to be at that time. At one point in comics, his clothes were literally made out of speed force energy. It's like, your clothes are made out of go fast. Your clothes are made <laughs> out of deus ex machina. The post-post-credit scene... So we get the return of the uh, the universally beloved Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor. <laughs> I sort of like him, but I, I, I still admit there were problems with him. But. Lex Luthor, CEO But yes, he Facebook. comes back, and then we get the introduction of Joe Manganiello as Deathstroke. Really good casting, in my opinion. I love Joe mm -hmm. Manganiello. Are we ever going to see him again? Play that character? Nope. Who the fuck knows? We might in the Snyder Cut, but... Uh... I love Joe Manganiello. He's great. No, he's, he's fantastic. It's really good casting. Um, he, he does nothing in this film. That's that's it. That is, he is the teaser. They're teasing an Injustice League. It's like, okay, so we've got a team that has Superman and Wonder Woman and The Flash and Aquaman and Batman and Cyborg. And he, all right, here's our team so far. We have Lex Luthor, who's literally just the plan guy and the money guy. He's rich. That's and, then we, and then we have a guy who's a pretty good assassin. Yep. Oh yeah, I like our odds so far. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a pretty good assassin who we've already established is not as good a combatant as Batman. It's like <laughs> you have the second choice to Batman on your team. I hate to compare this movie to the Avengers, but mm -hmm. they're both made by the same person, so I'm gonna do it. But like the the thing that like was so cool about the Avengers in credit scene was that it introduced Thanos, and that kind of gave more context as to what the heck was going on in that movie because it was just like Loki has a bunch of aliens. Why? Mm -hmm. Oh, because they're Thanos aliens. Thanos is trying to take over. Cool. And that could have worked with this movie as well. If they'd just done it, they're like, okay, where'd all these Parademons and Steppenwolf come from? And it's like, oh, it's Darkseid. And Darkseid's just like, oh, Steppenwolf failed, whatever. It would have been a quick, easy explanation for, like, Steppenwolf having a reason to be there. But it would have been good, but it would have been better, I think. I'm just gonna, like, put this little scene in your mind. End of the movie, we flash to Steppenwolf beaten up, bruised, in a throne room with lava around somewhere. He's just like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, I tried to do it. I'm sorry, but they beat me. They're so tough. Mercy. And then Darkseid just turns around and is like, very well. And then he shoots him with his Darkseid laser eyes. It's like, 
Yeah. That's your scene. That's all the teaser you need. That would have been great. Yeah. But you're right, Sarah. Like, the real problem with this post credit scene is that it's a complete non sequitur. It has nothing to do with the movie at all. Mm-hmm. It's just this complete thing of, like, okay, I guess... I guess Lex Luthor starting in Injustice League. I don't think that this credit scene is ever going to be referenced again in Never. any future no. movie. I think that it's just a weird thing that happened. I hope Deathstroke does show up in a future movie and just has this comment that's like, yeah, Lex Luthor just tried to get me to like start a team with him at one point. I was just like, no, and walked away. It was like no, and I, I just I drove the boat away. <laughs> the Snyder cut ends with like with a uh, with Deathstroke getting a call from Lex Luthor, and he just ignores it. He just sends just, it yeah. voicemail. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to talk to that guy. <laughs> I hate that guy. Zach, why don't you start us off? You know, give your final thoughts, and then one out of ten rating. This movie is a weird Frankenstein monster of one movie that has a very specific vision, which I don't yet know whether or not I would have liked that movie. About to find out, and then the rest of it is a studio mandated film that's trying to copy the Avengers, but never really got why the Avengers worked in the first place. There's actually a few moments throughout that I like. Um, I actually like the characters that are established. Many of them are criminally underutilized a lot of their plot lines do not go anywhere near where they should have it's an entertaining enough movie but i would never call it i wouldn't call it a good movie by any stretch of the imagination um i'm gonna give this one a four out of ten and it's lucky to get that i'm conflicted on what to give this movie i think that judging it purely as an in-universe sequel i would give it like a three but judging it as just as, if i'm just ignoring the entire rest of the universe and just looking at this as its own movie i might give it even as high as maybe a six and that that's only because like i do think that this is a fairly entertaining movie to watch i actually do like the first hour of this movie quite a bit i will say i think the first hour of this movie is good but i think that because of the, the hodgepodge of ideas it was it's such a it's such a mess of a movie and it does not do a good job of following up on, on the previous movies. I'll give it as high as a five, but that's definitely the highest I can give it. And again, the, the only reason it's even that high is because of the entertainment value. Like I, like I would rather like put this movie on than watch like Aquaman or Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Even though I think those movies are probably objectively better made movies. Like I think that th- this movie is just more fun to watch. But it's still it's a mess. Like I I don't like what this movie is, and I'm definitely much more looking forward to the Snyder cut. So I, I give it a five. If somebody called me and was just like Sarah, I'm gonna spend two hours cleaning the house on Saturday. I need a movie that I can throw on that I can kind of watch and be interested by i also have three small children who like superheroes what movie should i put on i would recommend justice league in that exact scenario and that's about it Uh, i know i spent a lot of this podcast tooling on this movie and saying a lot of things i don't like about it but i actually do like this movie Hmm. i watch it and i get lizard brain because i watch batman and superman and wonder woman yeah. do stuff do cool things and my lizard brain activates and i'm just like yeah <laughs> and even after like trying to watch this movie objectively the other night i still get like a little sense of ooh, my favorite superheroes are beating up a bad guy at the end so i don't think this is a good movie but i like it so i'm gonna give it a six 
out of ten. I would give it a six if I watched this not having seen the previous movies. I, I will say that because I, I I kind of agree with you that I think it is definitely one of those like it's it's a good movie to like put on in the background while you're doing shit or to, like yeah. watch on like an airplane. It's a good airplane yeah. movie. It's a it great airplane yeah. movie. Yeah. Who would you say is your favorite member of the Justice League based on this movie? Not even necessarily just in comics, but based on Fuck. this movie. Which which would you say is your favorite League member? Mine was Flash in this movie. Mm-hmm. Flash, I feel like, was the most well-realized, and I feel like that's mostly because Whedon's version and Snyder's version, I think, line up more or less. Flash works very well as just, like, the comic relief plucky guy, and I like watching him, like, kind of struggle with being a hero at the beginning, and then, like, as it goes on, he progressively does more and more badass shit, and it's actually written well. Uh, I wouldn't say it's written well, but it's written better than everyone else. Judging on this movie alone, I would say Flash. I'm actually going to have to agree. He's just extremely, genuinely likable in this movie. He's scared, but kind of plucky. He's weirdly shy and outgoing at the same time. Like <laughs> That's the way I am. <laughs> yeah, like he's been in a bubble for a while, but he's like eager to step outside of it and you know, experience new things and meet new people. And he's really, he's the character who is really excited to be on this superhero adventure more than anyone else. Like everyone else is a little apprehensive about it. Flash wants to be here and his, his enthusiasm is infectious. I enjoy it very much. It's actually going to be three for three. I agree. Flash is actually my favorite. I, I'm tempted to change my answer just to not be the same as everybody else, but it, it would be it would be disingenuous if I did because Flash is actually my favorite. I think that he has the best arc of any of the characters. I think that he honestly, I don't even think he's intended to be, but I think he does end up actually being the closest thing to a protagonist this movie has because he does have more of an arc yeah. than the other characters. He is kind of the eyes of the audience. He, he's the comic relief character. He has those actually pretty good scenes visiting his dad in, in prison. So I, yeah, I really do. I, I like flash quite a bit in this movie so i'm gonna agree with that okay sarah thanks so much for joining us today thanks for having me do you want to plug any uh, social media handles or anything where the people can follow you uh sure i'm on instagram i'm at so needleman i'm on twitter at needlemeister i'm in a band and we put out an ep a couple months ago we're on all streaming services it's called rogue three listen to us we're cool so Road 3 is the name of the band or the yes, song? Yes, uh, the name of the band. The name of the band. Okay, great. Yes, I will definitely uh, listen to it. So I just followed you on the, the Instagrams just now, and I'll go ahead and listen to your uh, to your song, to, 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 to your band as well. I think we are at Rogue 3 Band on everything. Zach, where can the kids find you? Uh, y'all can find me on uh, Facebook under uh, the name Zachary Schneider. You can find me on Twitter underneath also Zachary Schneider. I believe I'm at uh, Zachary Schneider. Net four. That's Zachariah S C H N E four. Um, on the Twitter. Yeah, do voice acting. A uh, little bit of yeah, voice acting, acting. A um, little bit of writing. But yeah, and uh, that's that's where you can find me. And I'd be uh, very excited to interact with all you lovely fans out there, all all fifteen of you. I just love uh, the way you say a little bit of writing. It's like yeah, about about a letter or about a character per week, you know. On on my uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah that, I'll be honest. That's that's actually not too far off. <laughs> If I I open up and I get through interior somewhere, I've done well for the day. I'm happy with what I've written. My name is Sam Wilson. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram at SCWilson underscore actor. That's SCWilson underscore actor. I'm an actor, writer, director, video editor, musician. 
I am also in a band. We're called Midnight Voltage, although we're probably going to change our name pretty soon. But for the moment, you can still follow us at Midnight Voltage. Our debut single, Headed to Cali, is out. I play bass in that band and sing, sing uh, backing vocals. And you can follow Nerd Shit at The Nerd Shit Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or on Twitter at The Nerd Shit. Make sure you follow us on all the socials. Uh, Facebook is the main one to follow because I do I do the best job of staying up to date on that one. Make sure you subscribe to Nerd Shit on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. It's Nerd Shit with an exclamation point at the end. We're represented by a poop emoji, you know, with like a laser gun and stuff like that. There are a couple of podcasts with similar names, but we're the only one, at least on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, that's just called Nerd Shit with an exclamation point. So there's other ones like Nerd Shit Live and something else. That one's not us. We have no affiliation with them. Next week, we're going to step away from DC for a little while. I'll go ahead and announce so that you guys can prepare. We're going to be talking about the uh, monster universe leading up to Godzilla vs. Kong next week. And we're going to be doing a triple-decker monster-sized episode next week. We're going to be talking Godzilla 2014 kong skull island and godzilla king of the monsters we're gonna knock out all three of those in one episode and we're also uh, ready to announce that we're going to be soon starting kind of a, a sort of a spin-off show called game shit where our first episode is going to be about something adventurous which i think you guys are going to be uh, enjoying so uh, stay tuned for game shit as well it's going to be on the same channel same pages and everything but we're just going to be doing that as a once monthly bonus episode for zach and sarah uh with thanks for listening to nerd shit nerd shit nerd shit yeah stay shitty nerds nerd shit nerd shit still strap on it because we're talking about the nerd shit